Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Packer. Welcome to Easter at Greenville Oaks. He is risen. Amen? He is risen. And if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, it all comes down to the event that we celebrate this morning. If Jesus rose from the dead, we have reason for celebration. If Jesus rose from the dead, there's reason for hope. If Jesus rose from the dead, we are no longer in our sins. And if Jesus rose from the dead, we have great reason for celebration today. Amen? And and yet, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, as Paul said, as Christopher mentioned a little bit ago, we're still in our sins and there's little reason for hope. But today we proclaim, along with Christians over the past 2000 years or so, and Christians all over the world today, that he is risen. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we're a bunch of fools. And that's the good news is we are not, even though there are many who might say so. Some of us proclaim this loudly without any kind of doubt in our lives. And we need you here. We welcome you here. Raise a a shout of hallelujah to God because we're grateful for the bold faith of believers in this place and around the world. And yet some of us proclaim the resurrection of Jesus with a a strong bit of faith and a little bit of doubt. Asking uh, Jesus, help us in our unbelief, because this is a difficult story to believe. I don't show up at funerals and expect for there to be a resurrection. That's not how things work in our world. And so we live, some of us, in this tension of faith and doubt. Some mornings we wake up believing wholeheartedly in others. It's more of a struggle. And for those of you in that category, I want you to know you are welcome here. Remember, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. That's what faith is. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 1 talks about faith and defines faith this way. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. There's this sense about faith that it's not something we have evidence for exactly, but it's something we put our trust in even when we cannot see. And so these parts of faith and doubt can live together. So faith is choosing to believe until we see Jesus face to faith and have it confirmed. And others of you, you're not so sure about this whole Jesus thing. And I want you to know that if right now you're like, I know Jesus was a good man. But I don't know about this whole son of God thing or or I struggle to believe in the resurrection. I want you to know you're welcome here. We're so glad 
you're here, if that's where you find yourself this morning. And nonetheless, as a community of faith, we proclaim our belief, our trust, our faith in the resurrection of Jesus this morning. Let's pray as we open God's word together today. God, I thank you for that Easter morning so many centuries ago where the women were surprised at the tomb, where Thomas needed to feel your the holes in your hands and feet, your side. And God, we come from all different places this morning. Some of us boldly proclaiming faith without any shadow of a doubt. Others of us holding that tension between faith and doubt. And others of us maybe knocking on the door of faith, wondering if maybe this is the truth that we need to give our lives to. And I pray this morning you would draw each of us in each of our different places to a greater faith, a greater dependence, a greater confidence in what we do not see. I pray this morning you'd pour through me the gift of preaching so that Christ would be formed in our hearts. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, amen. The first Sunday was so good because that Saturday was so bad. Saturday was just awful. On Saturday, the body of Christ, from the perspective of most, lay in the grave. His life was over, his last deed accomplished. On Saturday, the disciples were wondering what to do with their lives now that their beloved rabbi had passed away. What now? What do we get to without Jesus? On Saturday, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was trying to figure out how to go on. How do you go about your life when your child has passed away? On Saturday, the Romans had one interest, one concern, ensuring that no one stole the body of Jesus from the tomb where his dead body lay. This is what we read about in preparation for that moment in the scene of the resurrection. Matthew 27, verse 62. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, They said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take uh, take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. The enemy's only concern were those pesky disciples. They were concerned they might return to steal the body, to make it look as if uh, his words were confirmed. But there was no reason to be concerned about these disciples. They were fearful for their lives, afraid that the same cross that killed Jesus might be there for them as well. In the days ahead, they were scattered and hidden throughout Jerusalem. The disciples were in meltdown mode. No, that Saturday had no courage. That Saturday held no hope. None of the disciples were thinking, what are you going to say to Jesus when he comes back on the third day? They weren't trying to figure that out. No one on Saturday was wondering, how is he going to appear? No one was thinking they would see Jesus on Sunday. Nobody expected nobody. (laughs) Saturday was utter despair. You would think that someone would remember one of the times that Jesus said he would come back on the third day. How many times did he make statements like that? The son of man is going to be betrayed, handed over to men to be killed. And after he's killed, he will rise on the third day. Wouldn't you think that somebody would have kept a record of that? 
Somebody doing the math and putting it together. Well, he died and then yesterday was Saturday. Tomorrow's the first day of the week. You know, guys, I think we ought to get up early and see if maybe Jesus shows up. The only ones who remember Jesus' prophecy about a third day are the chief priests and the Pharisees who remind Pilate to make sure the tomb is secured so that no one has designs on stealing the body. Saturday had no courage. There's no optimism, nowhere to be found. And on Sunday morning, when they do come to visit the body of Jesus, no one is coming uh, expecting a word they would be able to speak to Jesus. They're coming to embalm the body. Tells you everything about the hope that's lacking. So on Sunday morning, that's what happens. The women come to the tomb ready to prepare his body, not ready to talk to him. This is Mark 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Does that seem like an Easter parade to you? Seem like a group of disciples ready to celebrate with their resurrected Lord? Now, there's no victory in the faces or the hearts of the followers of Jesus. It may have been Sunday morning, but they were stuck in a Saturday state of mind. They were stuck on Saturday. Church, it's important to know what day of the week it is. Which is really difficult if you think about the past year, right? <laughs> Seems like every day blends into the other, but it's important for us to know what day of the week that it is. Do you ever feel like your life, your world is stuck on Saturday? Do you ever feel like you just can't find anything good, that the sky is perpetually gray? Do you ever feel like you bet the farm on the wrong horse, that you hooked your wagon to the wrong star, that you put all your eggs? I saw several of them out there today with the kids in the wrong basket? You ever feel like there's just no more courage, no more hope, no more reason to stay positive, no reasons for optimism? You ever feel like your world is stuck on Saturday? I got to tell you, the past year has felt like one long Saturday. Can I get an amen from anyone this morning? It's been a year full of death, a year full of division, a year full of difficulty. Yes, Saturday is a difficult day to relive over and over again. For the past six months here at Greenville Oaks, we've been walking through a journey called The Story. It's a 31-week uh, journey through an abridged version of the Bible that takes us chronologically from the, of the story, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And well, we invite you to come back next week. We'll be going through the New Testament following the Gospels. And this morning, we're right in the story of the resurrection. Over the past six months, we've been journeying with God and his people through their ups and downs. And let me assure you, it's been an up and down journey. But in the midst of that journey, there's been a pattern that we have discovered. And that is this. Some of the Saturdays that come along last quite a while, but every Saturday eventually emerges into a Sunday. Consider the Saturdays for a moment. After Adam and Eve partake of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which I think we can all agree is the longest name of a tree I've ever heard, they experience their first taste of Saturday. No more Garden of Eden. Death is now inevitable. And Adam and Eve experience the heartbreak of one of their sons committing murder against their other son. 
That's what Saturday feels like. Joseph is sold by his brothers into slavery and he winds up in prison for a crime he doesn't commit. That's Saturday. The Hebrews are enslaved by the Egyptians for over 400 years of harsh labor with quotas of bricks they have to make in Pharaoh's brickyard Saturday. There's a giant Philistine named Goliath who's picking a fight with the Israelites. And the only one willing to represent Israel against the giant is a young boy who brought cheese to his brothers named David. Saturday. Elijah finds himself on Mount Carmel opposite 850 prophets of foreign gods preparing for a contest to determine whose God is the most powerful. Saturday. And then Israel finds himself in Assyrian Babylon for another 400 years exiled for their sins. One long repeat of Saturday. But as I said, if we've learned anything over the past six months, it's that every Saturday eventually turns into Sunday. It doesn't matter how outnumbered the people of God are. If God is on their side, nothing is impossible. So Joseph rises to become the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. That's Sunday. Moses and the Israelites are led through the Red Sea to their freedom when God parts the waters of the Red Sea and they walk through on dry ground. Sunday. David takes down Goliath with one stone in his slingshot. Sunday. When the prophets of Baal and Asherah fail to produce fire on Mount Carmel, God comes through for Elijah by consuming his sacrifice with fire from the heavens. Sunday. And now the Israelites find themselves back in Jerusalem with a wall around the city once again, with a temple that's been rebuilt, built by exiles who have returned home because God led them back from their Saturday of exile into their Sunday of time in the land. But here we are, and here are the women once again on a Saturday. They arrive at the tomb. At least they think it's Saturday. But it's actually Sunday. You can hear it in their voices, though, their thoughts of Saturday, and as we read again in Mark 16, verse 3. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Their concern is not where Jesus is, the living Jesus. Their concern is, oh, we didn't think about how to get inside the tomb to take care of Jesus' body. They came with a Saturday imagination for the world. But it's Sunday. Verse 4. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You were looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. He is risen. He is not here. It's Sunday. This morning I stand before you proclaiming that same truth. The tomb is empty. He is risen. It is Sunday. We've been living through a long Saturday, but we serve a God who always brings Sundays out of our Saturdays. And just as winter gives way to spring, death gives way to life. In the same way we see this pandemic showing us signs of a Sunday emerging, We're waiting on God to do the same in our lives with the return of Jesus. We live in a Sunday world, church. 
A world where God has offered us forgiveness for every wrong thing we have ever done. A world where we are offered the chance to be called daughters and sons of God. A world where our eternal home is being prepared for us and is assured for those of us who are caught up in Jesus Christ. An opportunity to experience the abundant life Jesus offers us beginning today on Sunday. This invitation from Saturday to Sunday is available to every single one of us. No one is discounted from this opportunity. All we must do is accept this gift. And the way we accept forgiveness, the way we accept our Sunday from the Saturday we've emerged from is by first confessing to Jesus that we're sinners. There were people who've lived in Saturday, but not just lived in Saturday. We've brought our own amount of Saturday into the world, haven't we? Through our sins and our mistakes and the pain that we've caused. Yes, we've brought Saturday into the world. And then we begin to confess a new reality. We confess that Jesus is Lord. And what that means is that he is now the one we are committing to follow. He trusts, we trust that he holds the keys to life and he actually has shown us and taught us the best way of life possible. And finally, we follow the example that the early church laid out for us. When people came to faith in Jesus, after the resurrection, they were baptized into his name. They got in a body of water. They were immersed into those waters as a living sign of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so this morning, if you want to move from the Saturday you've been living in into the Sunday of the resurrection, we want to invite you to that very thing this morning. We invite you to be baptized into Christ this very day. We serve a God who turns our Saturdays into Sundays. We serve a God who resurrects the dead. So this morning, right now, we're about to emerge into a time of worship, a time of opportunity for us to praise God that we have moved out of Saturday and we are living in our Sunday. And for those who want to join in that opportunity, I want to invite you during this song to come up. I'll be right over to this side of the stage and I would love nothing more than to be able to baptize you into Christ if that's your desire this morning. If you want to move from the Saturday you've been in into the Sunday that's on its way. So let us pray now uh, as we close this time. God, we thank you that Saturday has moved into Sunday. We thank you that death has been arrested. We thank you that life eternal has already begun. We thank you for the promise of resurrection, for the promise of Easter. God, we thank you that we see Saturday moving to Sunday again. We see winter moving to spring. We see pandemic moving into life again in a new way. And for all that, we give thanks today. And God, for all of us who are ready to move into our Sundays, would you allow us that opportunity? We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Be standing now. Let us sing together one more time. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.